Welcome to Rethink Energy. I'm your host, Jessica Aberland. Today on the show, we have Scott Sklar. Scott is something of a legend here in Arlington. He has this very unique home that he regularly gives tours of that has almost any alternative energy home technology you can think of. And he is not shy in talking about it. So in fact, how I got into solar was I, my solar system was really to power my three sump pumps in my basement. So I was having flooding, and then I decided if I made it a little bigger, I'd have refrigeration. And then I'm thinking, wow, well, if I could do that, why can't I do more? And so now, you know, I, I, it's like opium, you know, you're stuck to all this new stuff. Later in the show, he talks about what it was like to be an alternative energy nut before it was cool. But first, we start off with Scott showing us all of his gadgets and gizmos, He lives in a quiet neighborhood near Clarendon in Arlington, dense with tree canopy. It was summer when I met him there, and the cicadas were singing up a storm as he and I talked. Okay, I'm Scott Sklar, and I've lived in Arlington uh, in this house since 1984. I have a business that's 16 years old that is also based here in Virginia that blends clean energy solutions all over the world. When I moved here in 84, I had a one-story Sears kit home, a bungalow, and obviously put in uh, a second story. I have maximized energy efficiency, so I use less than anybody else in this area, I am sure. I have R38 insulation and double-pane argon-filled windows with low-E coatings and thermal barrier paint sprayed under the attic roof to reduce heat gain during the summer. I have LED lights entirely, and I have Energy Star appliances. As you can probably already tell, Scott is just bubbling over with enthusiasm for this stuff. I love how he just threw out there that he is sure that he uses less energy than anyone in the area. Sounds like a challenge to me. Anyone listening out there want to take him up on it? I can say that he's the only person I know that's totally off-grid. I have a solar water heater that has paid for itself already. And then lastly, I have a geothermal heat pump that reduces my air conditioning by 67%. And then I have a huge photovoltaic system composed of panels we call modules, and that goes into a huge battery bank. Those panels in the battery bank pretty much power this house. Wow. It even sounds like you could be, uh, the meter could be going backwards. Yeah, well, in this case, I don't send anything out to the grid. I just store everything. So I'm independent because when you have what's called a net metered system, when the grid goes down, you go down too. Mm -hmm. Because I have batteries, I don't go down at all. Actually, I track outages in Arlington. We have a huge number of outages, hmm. probably about 20 a year throughout the county that wow. last more than a day. So for this in this area, actually, solar makes a lot of sense, yeah. particularly for people who have home businesses or have special needs for health reasons or whatever. So, right. So okay. watch yourself here. I don't want you to fall during the interview. So on the, our show, we've talked a lot about insulation, air sealing, and right. like really the basics to get your energy load down. Right. Well, what I teach in my classes, it's always less expensive to save energy than generate it from any source. You know, I hear all these people wanting to put it solar. I go, wait, have you done the major things to reduce your electric loads first? The payback is usually less than two years, right. most of it a few months. So that's what I did first. 
And then guess what happens is your energy systems then on the property can meet mo most of your load, if not all of it. I have solar electric roofing shingles on top and you see a small wind turbine on the back and wind blows at night. So what's wonderful is you can downsize your battery banks because you're getting charging at night or during stormy weather when there's less sunlight. Okay. And so it's not turning now. Does that mean that you have, do you turn it off? Until no, I don't night? turn it off. Usually in, in this case, in this particular block, the re wind regimes here are like about 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning. And at least five days a week, that thing's turning. Huh. You can't hear it. It's very quiet. Yeah. And so, and I have a bat box behind my building. No bats have been hurt. No birds. These are tiny marine wind turbines. And it really adds value. I have a little hydrogen fuel cell in the back of the building. The only emission makes no noise. The only emission that comes out of it is pure water. And it waters the tree named Bob back there. has more hair than I do. <laughs> so... Um, You've probably heard of fuel cells before. They pop up in the media every once in a while as these magical, clean, alternative energy boxes that will solve all of our energy problems. From what I can tell, however, they're still really expensive, which keeps them from taking off. They do hold a lot of promise in cutting greenhouse gases, and we'll put more info up on the website about them. I have people coming in through twice a week, 50 weeks a year, touring these blends of commercially available technology. Great. As much as we're proud that we're a country that is technologically advanced, there's a lot of nervousness about new technology, particularly energy. Mm -hmm. So part of this is to get first architects and engineers and people who uh, specify for the government to uh, feel comfortable with them, understand their warts and their assets, and so people can make intelligent decisions. Yeah. can see uh, right through over there a roof of my neighbor yeah. and they have solar electrics panels just like I do uh -huh. and I have another neighbor about two doors down that they put solar and then a geothermal cooling and heating system for their home mm -hmm. you know when I start I had my first panels up in 1985 so 31 years ago and most people didn't like it most people didn't understand it uh, I was teased in a nice way, and now I have neighbors call me up. I, you know, I give them guidance on how to go ahead and, and start doing stuff. So it's nice to see it proliferating yeah. right on my own street here. I mean, after having been in the business for so long, it must have been really tough to keep keep going and keep going. Well, when I started this in the '70s, 40 years ago, I mean, I was ridiculed. I mean, you know, I was talking about huge wind farms and huge solar farms and tidal and and people were laughing like, what are you talking about? You know, there are like 10 companies in the United States, you know, doing a yeah. hundredth of 1% of energy. And you think there's this stuff's gonna be a billion dollar industry when it's not even, you know, a hundred million dollar industry. And I'm going, oh uh, yeah. One thing that Scott's really passionate about is something called a portfolio theory when it comes to energy generation in the US. That means expanding beyond the traditional centralized fossil fuel and nuclear power plants and creating more alternative energy sources. I, I worked on the Hill in the 70s in the Senate, and I'm thinking, not knowing much, mind you, that instead of looking at five technologies, let's look at 50 technologies. And they'd be more geographically dispersed, and if a couple didn't work out, you had 48 or 47 more, and they wouldn't be so resource intense. And it was a portfolio theory. It's how we, in, we invest in the stock market, you know? Yeah. You know, you don't invest in one or five blue chip stocks, you invest in a whole portfolio and over time you make more money because your your risk is 
is spread more evenly. Right. So I thought that worked in energy, and luckily my boss, a very powerful senator, said, okay, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds right, and I was slapped around and beat up, and but in the end, uh, I, I stuck through it, and after a nine-year Hill career, I... Um, uh, with some jobs in between, I ran the solar trade group for 15 years, the industry group. And I'm happy to tell you that the 2015, globally, renewables hit over uh, $285 billion, a private sector, close to a trillion in the government sector. Renewables have come a really long way. So we still have quite a ways to go before we reach Scott's dream of a truly diversified portfolio. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, coal, petroleum, and natural gas power 67% of utility-scale power plants, followed by 20% nuclear and 6% hydropower. Other renewables like biomass, geothermal, wind, and solar combined, 7%. As I was getting on my bike to leave after our chat and we were saying our goodbyes, he offered one more challenge to his neighbors. He believes that he may have the most solar-powered pink flamingos in town. Three. Thanks to Scott Sklar for showing me around his very cool house. Thanks to the cicadas for adding dramatic effect. This episode was produced with help from Aliyah Khan and Chris Summers. Music included works by Ben Jumanji, Samuel Corwin, David Depper, and Scott Gratton. To learn more about Rethink Energy, including rebates for real cash that our Arlington listeners can get for doing energy upgrades, visit us on the web at arlingtonenergy.us. Music